2: Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm you can call me Shan. I'm Lives. This week, we're discussing the politics of being mixed race. Hey guys, it's your girl Lives back with another episode of your favourite podcast. This week, I want to talk about being mixed race. Now, Me, myself, I am a mixed-race woman. I've grown up with a black mother and a white father. And I've always found it a difficult thing to navigate how I define myself, how I define my blackness and fitting in. And I want to explore that today with other women in a similar position.
1: Hi, so my name's Danielle and I'm an integrative counsellor. And I see clients... um, Seven days a week, really, um supporting them to process their life experiences and understand their journeys, what that means to them and and where they'd like to go within themselves. my My mix is Black Jamaican and English Italian.
0: Yeah, so um I'm Jamila, um, and I'm currently studying um integrative transpersonal psychotherapy. And um, my um, heritage is Nigerian Filipino. Uh, so my father is Nigerian, my mother is uh, a Filipina. Um, and i um, an immigrant, so I uh, grew up in Nigeria and moved to the UK to study and, and stayed. Um, yeah, and the reason why I went into studying psychotherapy in the first place is to understand myself Um, and sort of integrate um, both my heritage, um, both of my heritage, because I felt um, that I was sort of hiding one side because of the way I look. Um, So I'm not Asian presenting per se. Um, So I just basically thought it would be easier for everyone and myself to just um, be um, black. (laughs) Um, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, so both of you work within the realm of psychology um, and psychotherapy. So, you know, I want to jump right into it and and start with you, Danielle. I mean, what do you think are some of the the mental challenges with coming with being mixed race? Um, Or maybe what are some of the things that some of your clients have told you about how they feel being mixed race? So I think it
1: can be completely different for everyone. Um, but there are obviously some common themes, I would say, with the experience. Some of the challenges can be, I guess, that kind of sense of discomfort or feeling as though you have to pick a side or that kind of outside, um, the outside maybe judgment of that, what side are you? Are you more this or are you more that or you're not allowed to sit on the fence? And I think depending on the environment that you grew up in, Um, you know there are lots of different things that that kind of impact on that experience but if we think about the environment you grew up in so whether you more whether you frequent more um, and I'll use myself as an example because I know white and black isn't the only mix that you can get but do you frequent more whiter spaces are you frequenting more you know black spaces and what that was like for you how you navigated through that so I think there there have been some themes around the difficulties in in navigating the two spaces that that you are that you are and other people's judgment of that and how you should be acting and how you make sense mm. of that.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I mean, I th- this is something I think about a lot and um, how much of it is nature and how much of it is nurture. Because um, for me, for example, um, my brother. Um, is very, very light-skinned. I mean, like, he basically looks white. And to anyone that didn't know him will probably say he's white. And most of his friends are white. His girlfriend is white. The, you know, the spaces that he inhabit are mostly white people. And, you know, I often wonder how much of that is a conscious decision, how much of it is, you know, we gravitate towards people that look lo- like us. And then when people realise you're mixed race, it's almost like a, oh, like a, Aha, like I got I got you kind of moment. Like you're caught out and it's really interesting, like the older you get and the more you realize that, you know, these things are so blurred and so fluid and that it shouldn't really be, you know, here's a camp for black people, here's a camp for white people, you know, pick one or the other. But sometimes as you said, it does it does feel like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I totally, you know, resonate with with both of you and it's that thing of um not being allowed to you know sit on the fence so to speak and also it's not being allowed to be the bridge between two cultures um and whenever in my own experience whenever I'd bring it up and say well actually you know um this culture and that other culture have very similar ways of being or doing things or looking at life or of love or of of you know children and family and it's almost this denial, um, insisting that you have to be in a box, which is, you know, psychologically it can be, it's very limiting and it's, it can be damaging as well, because I think most of the time we live unconsciously. And so the people that, well, from my own experience, because of me presenting um, black, as opposed to Asian. So it was, it was that thing of, okay, well, you, everyone insists that I am so, and um, they will not accept that I am both. And so instead of fighting it, I'll just go with the flow and, and play the game as well. But as I got older, I felt that part of me being, it was silenced basically, mm-hmm. um, and it was quite painful um as well Mm. um and yeah I think my own experience is people immediately labeling you based on how you look and there's something in the mind of uh people that goes I I really want to put you in a box you can't be in two or three boxes at the same time and (laughs) it's like but we are the embodiment of that we're 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 living and breathing you know that life of being both cultures, so for example, um you know one minute I'll eat Nigerian food, and then for dinner, I'll have Filipino food or um you know certain mannerisms, I do both, and that's nature because we're predisposed to have all those traits at the end of the day um and we can switch between both you know um and that's great because it's sort of having a different perspective of actually including all of it as opposed to excluding those parts of ourselves yeah I think it's beautiful being multi-heritage because we've got a very different perspective I think mm.
2: and I mean um this idea that usually and I'm I'm guilty of doing it but people thinking of mixed races only being black and white which obviously isn't in your case um I mean do you feel sometimes that people like you just aren't represented or people just you know assume that you just don't exist almost yes
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's that thing of oh really I've never heard of that you know mix before and I'm like there's thousands of us because um like in Nigeria there are quite a lot of Filipinos and you know into marriage and and stuff and we all get together and have parties or gatherings it's like oh this is great so that sort of experience I think the more we do that the more we instill that sense of self and we feel stronger when we go out to the world where I feel like I'm just I'm always the only one wherever I go now but somehow those memories that I've just spoken about are in me and I can hold on to that and go, actually, no, it's fine. Um, But, yeah, there's that um, assumption that there's only a certain type of, you know, being mixed heritage.
1: It's it's really interesting listening to you, Jamila, because, and I know you haven't kind of shared your, your whole story, but hearing the parts that you have shared there's like this real like joy and and kind of lightness to to your experience of blending blending the two parts of of who you are and I think something really resonated with me when you I can't remember your exact words but you spoke about almost like how kind of just going with the flow of well because people assume that I'm this sometimes it's easier to just do that and I think there's something about kind of safe like safety when when you navigate the world for both people actually for the person who is mixed and for other people who feel maybe unconsciously but that these boxes that you speak about it's easier if people are in boxes it's easier to understand having something that is too complex is is a bit scary and it's not safe and we don't know what that is and I think as a mixed person that feeling to Okay, cool, I'm going to go with the majority because it's actually safer for me to do that than for me to say, well, no, I'm this, you know, uh, kind of anomaly, you know, and have to keep explaining your existence almost to every single person that you come into contact with. And so that really resonates uh, with me, actually, that uh, what people see you as kind of um, going with that for safety, depending on your upbringing and and where, where you are.
2: How do you think you came to understand and identify with both your mixed race heritage and your blackness? And was that a difficult thing to try and navigate? I have grown up predominantly with
1: with my mum. And my mum is um, Jamaican, born here, but she's Jamaican. And so I haven't had that much influence on my father's side, which is English, Italian. And so I have always grown up just feeling like a black woman, because that's my mum, that's my aunt, that's my grandmother. When she's hot combing her hair, she's hot combing mine. When she's relaxing her hair, she's relaxing mine as well. (laughs) And so that was my experience. And so, you know, growing up, particularly, you know, kind of early and uh, mid-adolescence, that kind of, oh, but but you're mixed though, aren't you? And I think as a teenager, there was that realisation of, oh, oh yeah, but I am. Oh, yeah, but I am. Because I lived, I grew up in South London. I went to a very diverse school. There were lots of children who were brown and black. They looked like me. They looked like my family. So for me, I never, as a child, I never, ever felt different. And I think that difference only started to um, come about when, you know, with regards to things like colourism, and that's when I really realised, oh, hold on a second, no, there, there's a difference. And I think there was, as a teenager, I probably felt a lot of guilt about that, actually, because all of my uh, friends were black. I gravitated towards black women a lot. And so I felt it a lot because there was this kind of stark contrast and difference. And it, was, it became quite evident as a teenager that there were instances where outside people might choose to celebrate me and not my friends. And I think that was really difficult for me. Um, And obviously I had the stories from my mum, her experiences, what I saw when I was with my mum. And I think, yeah, there was a lot of guilt that I placed as a teenager in being who I was and trying to make sense of that as, as a young woman.
2: Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that that sense of of guilt almost where um you know as i've got older i've learned that i can identify as both mixed race and black because black is a is a, is an experience where you know i know that certain certain things i've i've experienced or certain names i've been called has been re- related to my blackness not because i'm mixed race but because there's black in there um but at the same time recognizing that there is a privilege that comes with mixed being mixed race of, of a lighter complexion and kind of owning that and not trying to push that away and say, oh, but we're all the same, like, you know, people see us as the same because, you know, that can be very ignorant. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's very much a fine line to cross because you don't want to act like your experiences are invalid, but at the same time, you don't want to step on other people's toes and I always I always felt that that was a a something to balance especially with um like the term black the black community you know and I always thought like do I fit into this like I guess I do but do I really like it was always you know back and forth back and forth especially in your teenage years where you're just you're you're, you're already just trying to yeah. figure out who you are yeah yeah yeah
0: it's um yeah I I resonate with you both and it's it's that moment of realization where you go, oh, okay, so I am different. How am I different because of this or, or that? And um, my my own experience of it was not very pleasant um, because I was the only mixed race uh, child at the time in, in my primary school, for example. Um, yeah, so I I got bullied a lot uh, for that. And that's when I found, you know, you realize as a as a kid, oh, OK, I am different. Um, and there's this is expectation of, well, you can't really be this because you're not fully Nigerian or you're not fully Filipino. Or... And so is this navigator of going, OK, so my identity sort of felt not full in a sense, Um because, because of that, um, and so even with groups now, um, I find it more comfortable here in the UK um, and say, yeah, I'm in the black community because of, you know, the way I look. But at the same time, yeah, navigating colorism as well. Um, and I really like what you said, uh, Lives. It's, you know, not being... Ignorant about it and just owning and just saying, yes, this is what's going on. And then really stating honestly, you know, to friends and and everyone else that, yeah, we are owning and understanding what colorism is and what we can do about it and talk about it even more. Um, I don't know about both of you, but I find that it's a very difficult topic to talk, you know, uh, colorism is not really talked about within the
2: black community. I mean, like, I, I, yeah, I definitely think it isn't spoken about enough. And um, I think that's maybe because um, to us as people within the black community, it's like we're so aware at how, especially women, how lighter skinned women are treated compared to darker skinned women. But I suppose within the wider mainstream media, within white media, it's not really something people consider or think about, and so we're led to believe, oh, it's not really a problem, even though it is like it's kind of very under the surface almost
1: and I think is it's very tokenistic, and I think what you were saying lives about I guess the bit like the bigger corporations who feel like they're being inclusive and diverse by chucking an interracial mm. couple in their advert or having like mixed white and black children in the adverts it's well it's like no because you've kind of picked the most palatable version of blackness that you could possibly pick and I do think it can be um it can be a difficult conversation but it shouldn't be and it needs to happen happen more yeah I agree Jamila
0: yeah I do feel that way as well when I when I look at adverts for example and then um I see a mixed race woman, and I'm thinking, but why can't they put like a a black woman on there? suppose why does it have to be um and and that I can see how that can get very contagious contagious within the black community um where they go, well, actually you're being over represented so it it does have a negative effect in a way, and it really should be talked about and I think the more we talk about it, it will definitely hit the the mainstreams and the media and then they might change, you know, their policy on tokenism when it comes to uh, representing minorities on on television.
1: And I I think just kind of on that point, thinking about the the psychological impact, I guess, on um, mixed people, that that kind of being unsure about the opportunities that come your way and whether, like, what is this for? Is it genuinely because I possess something great or worth celebrating or is it because you're looking at me thinking I'm going to tick a box or you think, oh, this person looks exotic or whatever else? And I think it can be quite difficult um, on your sense of self growing up and understanding, like, the, whether things are genuine or not and where that comes from.
2: I mean, I guess part of it is almost like being an ally to your fellow black women almost. Because say, for example, I've done panels before where I've been asked to speak about diversity in the media and I'll ask, I'm like, who else is on the panel? Because if I'm the darkest person there, that's a problem. Mm, absolutely. What do you guys think about or, you know, what do you make of the way that mixed race people are often fetishized? I mean, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Have you had any kind of personal experiences of that?
0: Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I'm laughing because it really pisses me off. Um, yeah, I, I really, really, really dislike it so much. Um, and I'll give an example. I, I think it was a few years ago. I was walking down the street close to where I live. And I saw um mixed race twin little boys, um and they were um black and, and white um heritage and they had blonde hair and green eyes. Um and then people was was stopping to go, Oh, can I take a picture of, of your baby? You're so cute and so oh, um I ran <sighs> to the mom and I was just and I said to those people, No, you're not allowed to do that. So i I get very emotive about it. I get really angry about that going no you're not allowed to do that um because already in my mind I'm thinking those pictures are going to be like oh look at how um yeah mixed heritage and how beautiful and and it just that sort of fetishism it's I find it really upsetting in a way because it's almost like commodifying our bodies as opposed to seeing who we really are as human Mm. beings Um, So that act of just taking that picture of those, you know, little kids. um, Yeah, it was, I found it really, really um, irritating when I saw that. And then for my own personal experience, yeah, I have experienced that quite a bit, um, particularly when I was uh, younger. And so it sort of made me, paranoid is a strong word, but really question motives of of people particularly dating um where sometimes i thought oh do they really like me or is it because um you know mixed race or whatever are they just trying to tick a box because there were some people who would just tick a box and go oh i've had this experience um, with a mixed race person um so yeah there's quite there's quite a a lot of that to navigate yeah
1: yeah, but I I agree with you, uh, Jamila. I think on a on a personal level, I think um, it's the intrigue for me, and it doesn't happen as so much now that I'm kind of an adult and I confidently know how to navigate these situations. But as a younger me, you know, the kind of initial question, "Volk, oh, like where where are you from?" and then whenever I would give my mix, it's that oh, so that so that's why. Then oh so that's why. And it's kind of like, well so that's why what? Because I don't know what that is is telling you about anything. And I think it can yeah, it can be very difficult to know what people's agenda is from that. And I think growing up, I think I encountered, like you said, Jamila, with the dating scene, a lot of people who maybe only dated exclusively mixed women. And that for me was a real issue because it it kind of made me question that person. Why are you only exclusively picking out women who look like me? And yeah, I think, again, I think just working through that, I think it can really impact your sense of self. Um, And I think therapy is really useful, a very useful space for unpacking things like that and working out what it means the things that you've been through what parts you want to keep what parts you don't want to keep um but yeah that that's kind of my personal take on it
2: yeah no it definitely made me um I suppose hyper vigilant is the word um you know where people if if the first compliment you give me is about like my skin tone for example that's a red herring to me I'm like you know why does that have to be the first thing you notice and also I suppose like you know, there's almost a responsibility for women like us to to call it out, to say, actually, that's not a compliment or, you know, I, do, I don't find it attractive when you say that you like mixed race girls because of whatever reason, like, that's problematic. And I think when you're younger, especially, it's easy to be like, oh, they like me because I'm mixed race. I'd like to take it as a compliment. But then you realise it isn't because it's kind of that old thing of like, oh, you're not like other girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, why do you have to put down other people to compliment me? And I think that's so int- it's so interesting, because I think there is that
1: that part to it. And when I think about my own experience, because, yeah, because I think I was so hyper aware of that, almost that pedestal that, that mixed people were put on. I feel like I really rejected it because everyone, all of the women that I loved were black women. And so I think I was so aware of that as a young person that I kind of rejected it and I think it meant that I kind of purposely put myself in the background be- because of that and I think looking back and reflecting on it that's the impact that it had on on me but just because of my circumstances.
2: I've definitely found that being mixed race can sometimes lead to quite awkward conversations so for example having to discuss racism with my white family members and, you know, having to explain that the world sees us very differently and therefore our lived experiences are very different. Um, and that can be quite uncomfortable. And, you know, it's a conversation that only is had in a mixed race household. Have you guys experienced anything similar? Whenever, I remember when I was very, very
0: young, um, I would speak um, my Filipino language. Um, and then I was told not to, to speak that because no one else would understand. Um, and I was only allowed to speak my father's language. Um, and so I don't think that would come up in a single race household where you have to sort of, your family's, a family member is asking you to pick a side basically through the medium of language. Um, and I found that really, yeah, it was kind of hurtful because it was like, oh, I'm being asked to suppress, you know, my my mother's side. Well, actually, as an adult looking back, it's suppressing a side of myself um, that I have inherited at the end of the day. And other things are like external family, Um, so like my in-laws, I'm married to um, a white Swedish man. And then sometimes being asked about how my kids would look like, our kids would look like, I don't have any kids, but that sort of, you know, question would not come up for a single race family of going, oh, how would your children look like? What color would that be? And I'm thinking, you know, okay. Is that the only thing you're thinking of? And it's something, it's a conversation going on at the moment with friends of mine who are married to, um, you know, who have got white partners where the families are going, how will the child look like? What, what skin colour? Um, kind of the Meghan Markle thing going on. Um, yeah. I'm trying to
1: think back. Nothing comes up for me. And I'm wondering whether it's because even though I'm mixed, there's this kind of theme of just being within uh, kind of a black household and not having, almost for a a large period of my life, not having access to my English or Italian side. And so the influence that that side had on my life growing up is, is almost non-existent, almost non-existent, other than the fact of knowing that other people are reminding me that I'm mixed. And knowing that I'm mixed and my experience as I walk through life is that, I suppose, of a a mixed woman, that that was the constant reminder. So it's really interesting because growing up, I just didn't identify it with my English or Italian side. I would always say, no, I'm I'm mixed um, as a way of explaining why I look the way I do. But as far as being in those situations and kind of hearing something, I never... Yeah, I, I, never, I never had that. I think the closest thing uh, that comes to mind, I had access to that side of the family and I saw them, but it was very infrequent. So I went to stay with my um, granddad who lived in Los Angeles at the time. And he um, is Italian and I was there for six weeks. And so I had to go up and down with him. And obviously no one thought that, no one thought, oh, that's your granddad. I was 16. Everyone assumed something completely different. And, um, And when he took me around his friends, he was really excited to show me off. But when he took me around his friends, you know, you just feel, you feel energy, right? You can feel the vibe. And I was, he probably didn't uh, let them know, which is sad that I have to say that, but he probably didn't give them any prior warning. And he was like, oh, this is my granddaughter. And they were kind of like, oh, and it's that kind of like, oh, like how, how is this? And yeah, I think... When in those spaces, I felt very rejected, you know. um, And I think those are the instances that come to mind when you talk about the, the kind of different sides and having to navigate maybe those tricky situations. It's kind of knowing, okay, here I don't feel accepted and that doesn't feel very nice.
2: What are the labels that you use to describe yourself that feel most comfortable?
0: Mine is constantly evolving in a way um so where i was like 10 years ago to today for example it's even the way i um, introduced myself where before i would say oh i'm nigerian i'm nigerian um and then when i get that look i think we've all got gotten that look of really and they and then you explain more then you know you get the oh right okay that makes sense um but now i make sure that both my heritage are represented um, and also really coming to terms with and understanding what I have inherited from, you know, is that intergenerational trauma as well going on behind it, the messages that we've been fed, colonialism's message that we've, we've been fed, the internalized racism that is sort of encountered as well and really owning that and then working through it. Um, so now, yeah, it, I'm growing in a sense to really be more understanding of both both sides of my, my heritage um, because for a while I couldn't really take it anymore. Um, it was way too painful. Um, so I just thought I would not want to deal with the issues of being mixed race um because I really didn't want to pick a side um I wanted to hold on to both and if I can't have both then I'll have nothing so now it's constantly presenting in any way I can um both of my heritage um yeah so for example I would say I will say I'm Nigerian Filipino always I wouldn't yeah stop saying I'm only Nigerian I'll always say I'm Nigerian Filipino um and if they say "Half are you half and half?" I always say, "No, I'm whole, I'm both, because we can't be split in half, yeah, it's really yeah we're we're so mixed, our uh, you know our DNA is so mixed together, so I'm whole um that's how i it I feel it helps my heart to yeah hold my my identities and my race identities and myself, yeah.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've always found it quite tricky, actually. And again, Jamila, you said we're always evolving. I agree. I feel like if you asked me this question like five years ago, I don't know what I would have said and asked me in another five years, I'll probably say something different to what I'm going to say. So I feel like I use I use uh, kind of two terms really and feel quite comfortable using them both. So I will say that I'm mixed and do the explanation um, and I also feel quite comfortable to use the term black and because that's my, because that's my experience. Yeah. And, you know, I guess the sometimes the frustrating part is it does feel like it has to come with an explanation because, um, you know, what you said resonated. I, I feel like it's, I can't just come and hijack someone's experience because that is not my experience and it will never be my experience because there's a difference there. And so I feel like for me, um, there's fluidity in those, in those two uh, terms, but I, but I use them, I use them both. But I think growing up, it's something that I've just had to be very aware of, and come to my own understanding of who I am, what my identity is, and what I feel confident in uh, saying and bringing with regards to myself and I like what you said you about that wholeness because I think it is about coming as a whole I think it's kind of a work um in in progress and and that's how I see it for for myself and and who I am and I think it's important that we feel confident in who we are
2: mm. um Danielle I know that you're you're working on these upcoming therapy sessions that will um are specifically made for mixed race people and I'm wondering you know what what led to that and and what are you hoping to achieve from that? Yeah so it's
1: a it's a group therapy space um, that starts in July and it's called Growing Up Mixed Race and I think it was just my kind of wanting to provide a space that I didn't really feel existed and some of the threads of this conversation really it's the the complexity of it and giving it a space to be unpacked I think sometimes unpacking these things can be challenging particularly when you as the child you're not the same like ethnicity as your mum or your dad and there might not be anyone else like you that you can speak to about it so it's for women specifically but um You know, and I'm not expecting everyone's experience to be exactly the same because it won't. There are so many different factors. But having the common thread of being mixed and what that was like growing up, I'm hoping it will provide a relatable space for for these women who decide to come on the group. Because I think navigating with everyone else's opinions about what you should be, what you should look like, what you should and shouldn't do. Am I going to offend someone by saying this? I'm taking up too much space. No, I need It's very it's difficult and it can be challenging. And so I'm hoping that this is a unique space for women where they can therapeutically kind of offload and unburden themselves and understand what their experience is. And here other women Uh, do it as well so um, you can get more information on my website by signing up and registering um, to the subscribe part of the website so my website is www.journey-on.co.uk
2: thank you so much for listening to this week's episode I hope you enjoyed it you can find out about our guests in the description below, as well as Danielle's therapy sessions devoted to mixed race women that will all be in the description below and how to take part. Until next week, stay blessed and unapologetically black.